This is the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. The podcast for curious and passionate dental hygienists. Hello, I am Kara Vabrowski with Today's RDH, and I am here with the wonderful, incredible Emily Bogey, who is the Dental Administrative Chair and Director of both the Dental Hygiene and Dental Assisting Programs at Hawkeye Community College in Waterloo, Iowa. Today, we are continuing our preventive discussion series sponsored by Dents by Serona, thank you, um, about the various methods of hand hygiene. Yes. Hello. How are you? I I am well. Um, Are you ready for another infection control topic this month? I am. You know, hand hygiene is so important. I was just reading on the CDC the other day that um, the average healthcare worker washes their hands up to 100 times per shift. And so we all know hand hygiene is really the the best way that we can all accomplish um, basic preventive measures to decrease germs in the healthcare environment. So yeah, a hundred times per shift. Wow, that's uh, but but that's true. Like according, but yet according to um, a 2017 study from the CDC, on average, healthcare workers cleanse their hands less than half the times than they actually should. So that's why our work here is truly relevant. Wow, less than half. So. That's a pretty alarming number. Yet, really, if you think that the CDC also reports that one out of every 25 visits that someone makes to a healthcare-related um, source, they receive an infection that does not relate to the original reason why they went to the doctor. So, one in 25 healthcare visits results in a healthcare-related um, infection being contracted. So, I guess maybe there's some kind of correlation between all of these extra germs that are floating around and the fact that maybe people aren't washing their hands as much as they should. Yeah, I know just from personal experience that my dad, when he was hospitalized with his cancer, um, he left the hospital with both MRSA and C. diff. And, um, and I was in the hospital like tens of hours a day overnight, like every time he was there. And while Yes, the nurses and all the healthcare providers that came in, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, um, they would use hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer does not kill MRSA and C. diff. And so um, for me, hand hygiene is, it needs to be at the very top of every healthcare provider's priority list. Um, Because reducing germs before, sometimes during and after procedures is critical. Right. So I guess you know, that's, that's where we start. When, when should we be washing our hands rather than, you know, using the hand sanitizer or the gel or whatever, you know, you're going to be rubbing on your hands? Right. So according to the CDC, soap and warm water cleansing is what is recommended whenever possible, especially at the beginning of each shift and at the end of the workday. In between those two washes, the CDC recommends we use a hand sanitizer that is compromised of at least 60% alcohol for bacterial reduction. The CDC also recommends that if hands become visibly soiled before eating and after using the restroom, the provider defers back to the gold standard of soap and warm water for a full 20 seconds. Um, Two other instances where soap and water are recommended include if the patient receiving care um, has known suspected infectious diarrhea or if there is a suspected exposure to spores. Um, Other times, it's okay to use an uh, an approved alcohol-based sanitizer. 
Okay, so let's back up a second. The three times where hand sanitizer is not considered enough or not considered okay are when our hands appear dirty before we eat things, before we, you know, ingest food, and then after we use the restroom. So also if we're caring for a sick patient, then we, we should make sure we use soap and water. And if we suspect that there are spores in the environment we're working, then again, the soap and the warm water. But let's talk more about alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Sure. So um, let's do that. Um, sanitizer is listed as an appropriate method for sanitizing the hands immediately before touching the patient to complete tasks such as um, taking a health history or blood pressure where there is no critical fluid contact. Um, after touching potentially contaminated drawers or countertops, um, they do not leave hand soiled or following the removal of gloves. Okay, so in addition to when we use the hand sanitizer, we should probably talk about what's specifically in the hand sanitizer because the type of alcohol in the sanitizer from when I was reading research, um, it, that also matters. So you have alcohol-based versions that typically contain some form of isopropyl alcohol, um, ethanol or ethyl alcohol, or n-propanol. So we, were, we need to look for versions as healthcare providers that have a 60 to 95% alcohol content which is, that's, that's a decent amount of alcohol for the content. So we need, well, we should probably also note that there's some decent evidence from the American Society for Microbiology that shows specifically that those ethanol-based hand sanitizers were significantly more effective at eliminating certain germs um, and certain viruses like the rhinovirus, um, which is the virus that causes the common cold, um, when you look at the research studies comparing the effectiveness of removing the rhinovirus, um, those ethanol-based hand sanitizers actually did a better job killing that virus than washing with uh, soap and water. So that, that just kind of blows my mind that, that the studies um, that have been done with certain hand sanitizers show that they're more effective at, at killing the actual germ, not only killing the germ, but maintaining the, the germ-free nature of the hand for a longer duration after you're done cleaning your hands. And so according to the CDC, there are certain formulations um, that can be equally effective to, or, or more effective to soap and water rinses um, when we're talking about those foams, the gels, or the hand sanitizing liquid. Yeah, and I, I think that because of things like this, um, the manufacturing sector, they, they've really responded to our needs as clinicians, um, making these effective products that now have capabilities of moisturizing and helping our hands um, mm. be healthy so we don't have the incidence of, of cracking and leaving open lesions for germs to enter into our systems as healthcare providers. Um, the use of these products also helps to increase compliance to the recommendations for hand hygiene. Um, it seems there is a greater focus um, on hand hygiene in the general population and not just in the medical field too. Right. So I, as I was reading and, and considering things that we should talk about specifically for hand hygiene, there's a 2008 meta-analysis that was published in the American Journal of Public Health 
And what that looked at were, were all of these articles that had um, specifically focused on the results of infectious disease prevention and hand washing programs in different United States communities. So the researchers took all of these studies where um, communities chose to do like public awareness ads or you know little posters, whatever they chose to do. And the study showed that simple hand washing alone can reduce the numbers of people in the general population who experience diarrhea by 23 to 40%. It can reduce respiratory illnesses, such as the common cold or the cold virus, between 16 and 21%. And it can reduce absenteeism in school children due to a GI illness, so like stomach bug, things like that, uh, between 29 and 57%. So these figures, they track the disease incidence as a whole, rather than only the diseases that were following hospital visits. So they were looking as, at the community as a whole, rather than those healthcare-related illnesses that they could kind of track back to a clinic or a hospital visit. So just simply teaching people to wash their hands. This meta-analysis shows, hey, guess what? Everybody can help us when we're talking about fighting germs and decreasing um, the spread of disease. Wow, those, those numbers, those percentages. Um, we can stop the spread of GI illnesses by roughly half and upper respiratory illnesses by one-fifth simply by washing our hands and teaching others to properly wash their hands or use hand sanitizer in our community. Um, mm -hmm. In review of a hand sanitizer technique, the CDC reminds us to place an adequate amount of product on the hands to cover all surfaces and allow about 20 seconds for the product to properly dry. We all know doing this. Um, <laughs> Guidelines for both alcohol. I just remember. I just do that a lot. Anyways, um, so the guidelines for both alcohol-based rubs and soap and water water washes are available at www.cdc.gov for those who want to place posters in the office or restrooms um, to remind the public of the the serious importance of hand washing. Yeah, and, and that's what this video is all about. And it just kind of you know. When people go to their dentist's office, maybe they're not, maybe maybe they're not thinking they're going to see one of those signs that says, "Hey, you should wash your hands before you leave this restroom." But I think that's a great idea for dental offices to post things like that because it just goes to show how focused we are on total body health. And no, we're not just considered, um, we're not just concerned about the disease that's in your mouth. We're concerned about you as a person and our community and keeping our community healthy. And that's so important. It all boils down to, you know, this huge revelation that Louis Pasteur made, right? Like, guess what? These little germs are what's making us sick. So we go around and we touch doorknobs and we touch our cell phones and we touch paper money. Ew, money's like the grossest thing in the whole world. <laughs> I swear it. Agree. Right. And so, you know, they're all carrying germs like salmonella and E. coli and norovirus and all these nasty things that are floating around everything. And so if we get rid of the germs, we can get rid of the sick. And I remember reading in microbiology class, you know, it's like 20 years ago, that the surface of one small paperclip, like one just small little paperclip can harbor up to 1 trillion germs. So if you think like 1 trillion is such a big number. And if you think about how much more surface, like I don't know what to do with my hands. 
<laughs> reminds me of. But like, how much more surface area do these giant hands of mine harbor than just a little tiny paper clip? And it, it just blows my mind. And that's what we need to remind the public is we have these hands and they're touching everything and all we have to do is clean them. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I think this has been just a, just a general reminder, just everyone, hey, let's do it. Um, let's just all wash our hands and use some alcohol rub with the good ingredients. Um, so I yeah. think on that note, Ms. Emily, Mrs. Emily, um, I think that's about all the time we have this month. We should probably wrap it up. Um, so of course, I would like to thank Dense Spicer Brona for sponsoring this monthly video. And thank you to all the viewers. You guys are the best. And thank you to the wonderful, incredible Emily. <laughs> thank you. It was great to talk again. Yes. Until next time, please be healthy and wash your hands. Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.